live from Sydney, Australia, exclusively on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio, this is Wrestling's Week That Was. Here is your host, Joel the Man O'Brien. Well, hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to Wrestling's Week That Was. I am Joel the Man O'Brien, your co-editor of ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com, coming to you like I always do from the land down under Sydney, Australia. So we're going to be with you for the next hour, hour and a half, talking all the major news, matches, and shows coming out of the week that was exclusively on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio. As always, we have a ton to cover today, half of which has actually just happened in the last few minutes. Uh, but first of all, we'll be talking about Night of Champions is obviously on the immediate horizon. Was it a good build-up? Was it average? We'll be talking all about that. Plus, breaking news surrounding Roman Reigns' emergency surgery, which capped off a week really filled with a, a lot of medical emergencies for, for, the, for the industry. So we'll be definitely ch- talking about all the things that happened during the week in regards to that. Of course, as always, we'll be talking Raw, Main Event, NXT, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, and so much more. But before we delve into this week's topics, remember, we are live. Yes, we are live all over the world as we speak. So that means you can interact with the show at any time by calling 760-888-5749 or tweeting me directly at Wrestling Break, and I will read and discuss your tweets live on the PWP Airways. How is everyone's week? Was it good? Did you catch as much wrestling as you could this week? There was a lot of programming on. Uh, actually, some pretty noteworthy stuff. The other stuff was a bit average, but we'll be getting into every single bit of information that you may have missed, thanks to uh, myself and, and Wrestling's Week, that was. Uh, first of all, just talking about... Uh, I've just wrapped up doing uh, a PWP TV uh, roundtable discussion with uh, uh, PWP's uh, Oliver Norgrove and Razman, and... Uh, all I've got to say is that, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it, it, definitely keep your eyes on PWP TV as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania. Uh, I might as well make the announcement official. I will be at WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara in, in California with Oliver Norgrove and Crazy Bill. Uh, we will be covering uh, maybe one more person uh, from the PWP team. So uh, a lot of great things are going to be on the horizon. Expect a lot of uh, content to be coming out of PWP TV. Um, in regards to the event, we've got we're going to be covering all the indie events, as many indie indie events as we can. We're going to be at the uh, WWE charity event that they're going to be at there, so trying to get some interviews. We're going to be uh, at Access. We're going to be at Hall of Fame. We're going to be at Raw. We're going to be, of course, at WrestleMania 31. So please keep your keep your eyes and ears to uh, PWP. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Team uh, PWP. Uh, Follow me at Wrestling R Break, capital W, capital R, capital B, and we'll keep you up to date with all the, all the happenings as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania 31. Now, obviously, there's some great content on the site already. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. 
there's some really great pieces up there right now. One of which is uh, Aaron Ramadoff, uh, my fellow co-editor of ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com. He's uh, re- recently written a piece on Edge and uh, why he should be considered uh, much greater than he uh, currently is in the, the fa- in the minds of uh, the WWE fan base. And um, what? I, and, and lo and behold, it's the magic of Twitter, people. Edge actually read Aaron's. Uh, Aaron's uh, piece and actually commented on Twitter and, and plugged it himself. So it's pretty amazing when one of our writers gets a plug from a Hall of Famer, a WWE Hall of Famer. So kudos to Aaron Ramadoff, always do, putting in the hard yards to give us the best content on ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com. So congratulations for that. So let's just get into the news of the week. Let's obviously start off with the top news of the week. That being, the Night of Champions is literally about 24 hours away, uh, live on the WWE Network for you know how much. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spout off uh, stupid catchphrases for WWE. But uh, what did everyone What did everyone think about uh, Night of Champions? Uh, tweet me now or give me a call of the show. But uh, a lot of people are, are complaining or uh, upset about the build up for the show. And what I say to that is that, as I said in in a piece uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I think about two weeks ago on ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com, talking about how Night of Champions actually paints a very good picture for the good that is going on in WWE right now. Now, I know it's hard to see when you've got angles and storylines that you may not be completely and utterly invested in. But my point is, Flashback to uh, 2012, where we had pay-per-views where there was matches put on the show for no reason. We don't even know why it's happening. They're just raw matches on pay-per-view. Night of Champions has all really good wrestling matches all coming up, and there's storylines behind them. They may not be your cup of tea, but there's every storyline, every match has a reason and a purpose and a logic behind it. I can't complain about that compared to what we're used to. It's a good basis for what we could see later in the future. Um, and of course, like the the of Champions card is is wrestling heavy. We've got some really good combinations. Uh, you know, we've got Orton and Jericho just mixing it up before Jericho heads off uh, to go on tour with Fozzie again. So do expect Jericho to leave. He did explain that on his podcast this week. Um, you know, you, you got the patriotic issues between Mark Henry and Rusev, which was heavily pu- pu- uh, pushed this week. You got the uh, really the, uh, a must-see encounter between John Cena and Brock Lesnar. I mean, the outcome to that is going to be very interesting in regards to John Cena, and obviously, obviously what what, is, what happens with Brock Lesnar? And then we've got the Dusts and Usos. Uh, you know. That's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, Sheamus versus Cesaro for the US Championship. I mean, I saw those guys uh, live when they came here to, to Sydney about a month ago. And I tell you what, they tore up the house like nothing else. <clears throat> and I can only imagine what they're going to be doing when they have uh, the US Championship on the line and be on pay-per-view or on the, on the network per se. So, you know, I think everyone should just calm, calm down. It is a bit of a down period. If you're a long-time wrestling fan, you know that this down period always happens around this uh, around after SummerSlam. So, you know, just relax and enjoy the pay-per-view for what it's going to be. I, I personally think it's going to be a good wrestling-centric pay-per-view. So check that out, guys, in 24 hours. If you don't have the WWE Network by now, uh, obviously if you're in the UK, that, you know... I think actually, you know, you guys, have, you guys have it now. Yeah, you guys have it. So congratulations for having it. <laughs> um, if you don't have it by now, it's fantastic. It is really, really good. Uh, 
I mean, I can go on my iPhone 5 on the way to work. I can just load up the network on the app and just watch whatever I want. It's fantastic. It's really good stuff. And the, 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 the video library for all the pay-per-views, including WCW, ECW, and WWF events, oh, brilliant stuff. So invest in 999, that's all I'm going to say, uh, and, and, and invest in it. It's fantastic. So let's move into the other news of the week. Now, uh, obviously, this, this this news story that I'm about to tell you has just broken. We did talk about it on the PWP Roundtable event uh, on uh, on our YouTube channel uh, about an hour ago, but Roman Reigns has been hospitalized uh, for emergency surgery on a hernia. Um, I'm just going to give you a rundown from what I just read um, pro, uh, on a WrestlingObserver.com. Obviously, this is breaking news, so I haven't had a chance to, to word it in my own words, but straight off the mouth of Dave Meltzer, I'm just going to read from you right now. Uh, so, obviously, Roman Reigns was rushed to a Nashville hospital this morning to undergo emergency surgery for an incarcerated hernia, uh, a very, very nasty version of a hernia that can last for a, a long, long time. Uh, Reigns, who was scheduled to, uh, to wrestle tonight, obviously, uh, before fa- facing Seth Rollins at the pay-per-view, uh, was in Nashville doing promotional work for Night of Champions this morning. Roughly 95 minutes after he- it was scheduled, WWE Network had an update on Roman Reigns' hernia surgery, saying it was a, su- a success. Uh, Dr. Chris Anand, in a phone interview, said that Reigns felt severe pain this morning in his hotel room, and they recommended him being rushed to a hospital. At the, at the hospital, they discovered a large, dangerous hernia, which needed emergency surgery. His co- recovery time, this is big, guys, his recovery time could be anywhere from one to three months. Nothing was uh, nothing was said regarding Sunday's WWE United Champions pay-per-view against uh, when, when Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Whew. One to three months. That's the uh, first early outcome for this uh, for the recovery for the surgery. Oh wow, that is massive in regards to the career of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is at that flux period where he needs to start making uh, making moves and start like really solidifying a, a great character that people can invest in to the point of investing into him come WrestleMania 31. Time is ticking, and like three months are, are taken away from that uh, period to build his character is 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 detrimental to his career. I really do worry about what what, what will happen with Roman Reigns. Um, uh, obviously, he's not on the he's not on the, the he is the he is on the biggest run of his career, but oh man, that is just bad news from for Roman Reigns. Obviously, everyone here at the PWP writing team wishes Roman Reigns a speedy recovery. Um, obviously, you know, if you've been living on a rock for the last like, year, uh, like six months or so, you know, the, the early talk of WrestleMania 31, it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Jim, Jim Ross says it every single week on his podcast. That's what he, that you know, that, that, that's what he's expecting, and I expect that too. Brock Lesnar's ready to to main event WrestleMania, but Roman Reigns is not. Now, of course, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes. Uh, one moment or a couple of moments in someone's career to really take you to that next level. I mean, look at look at Stone Cold Steve Austin doing the, the Austin 316 speech. Look at the Die Rocky Die uh, um, uh, run that uh, The Rock had made made him the character that he is today, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. 
Roman Reigns needs the, those breakout moments, and like you take away three months of time to do that before the Royal Rumble, before you really are on the road to WrestleMania, uh, you really shoot yourself in the foot. So I do hope that uh, uh, that Roman Reigns has a speedy recovery. Uh, what happens with the Nine of Champions? I personally think, as Dave Meltzer does in this uh, little write-up here, that uh, it should be logical that Dean Ambrose should take the spot of uh, of uh, Roman Reigns. Apparently, he will be back on television. That that is Dean Ambrose on Monday, regardless. So, just just go ahead, go go a bit further, and just and just do it on do, make him debut on uh, Nine of Champions. Makes makes sense in storyline, but. Tough break for Roman Reigns, so let's just hope that he uh, is okay and gets back as soon as possible. Uh, also, Ric Flair was uh, rushed to uh, to hospital as well this week. Uh, and he had a 10-day surgery stay, uh, apparently for some other issues that I'm not exactly sure of at this, at this point in time. But he's said to be in good health, and he will be back on TV in the future. Uh, anytime you see a, a Hall of Famer going to get rushed to hospital, you always think the worst. I mean, really, if we look at Ric Flair, he's really lived nine lives uh, already, uh, and uh, you know he's lucky to be alive with all the drinking that he was doing and the partying that he was doing. Uh, thank God he kept himself in good shape and stayed away from uh, you know really uh, uh, debilitating drugs. And but still, he's getting old. Uh, he's looking in magnificent shape lately on television. Uh, hopefully that uh, bodes well for him and his recovery, and uh, hopefully we'll see him back on television soon. Hopefully in, re- in regards to WrestleMania. We'd love him to have a little bit of a prominent role come WrestleMania 31. Because, hey, I'm going to be in Santa Clara. I want to see the best I can from WWE. So, you know. um, uh, In other news as well, uh, it's good to hear that some NXT stars are on the road currently for WWE doing house shows. That being Adrian Neville, Tyler Breeze, Sami Zayn, The Ascension, and Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd was technically already on the main roster, but regardless, uh, that's good to hear. I, I tell you what, Triple H is just doing the most perfect job with NXT and taking this, this this amazing bunch of talent and getting them ready for the main roster. I mean, really, when you look at this, the, the quality of talent, it's hard not to do a good job with them. You know, like Sami Zayn. Oh, I, I really feel an article coming on about Sami Zayn because the more I watch him, I just, I just, I just see so much of Ricky Steamboat and, and Bret Hart and those awesome, uh, wholesome baby faces that you just, you, you just can't help but get behind. Uh, just incredible talent. So currently they're on the road, getting ready for that that next step. I mean, the Ascension lost the tag team championships uh, to uh, the, uh, I think they're called, uh, the Lucha Dragons. I think they're called. Uh, which, yeah, that's a really good move, by the way. And obviously, they might be coming up. Uh, so yeah, so that's good to hear that the NXT stars are on the road with WWE. Speaking of more injuries, oh my God, there's just a lot of injuries. Uh, Samoa Joe has now been added to the injury list on TNA as he as he apparently he, he dropped the X Division Championship uh, at the recent set of uh, of tapings in Bethlehem. Um, Again, that's another. Uh, so Joe joins the list of with uh, Davy Richards and Rebel of the uh, the, the female from uh, the Menagerie as members that are of the TNA roster that are injured. That sucks. Uh, Joe and, and Richards out of the out of the walls off TV. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that Davy Richards is injured, considering what his body has been through in the last like three weeks of television on TNA. Obviously, we will get into TNA this week uh, and why it is probably the must-see show of the week 
uh, and it does involve Davy Richards. So there you go. Yeah, uh, it it does suck, you know. Uh, TNA needs all the help they can get to maintain a certain level of 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 class and and, and viewership. And Samojo is uh, he's still part of that team too, uh, very much so. So that's a definite blow. And hopefully, all three of these stars get back on the road in no time. Okay. So let's just get into Raw, the three-count review of Raw. That's where we take the three biggest points of uh, talking, uh, and we break them down and discuss them for you and fill you in on what you missed from Raw this week. So uh, so this show is just a, re- a wrestling-heavy show with pretty much a largely missable build towards Night of Champions. Uh, it was not offensive. It was nothing crazy. It was nothing stupid like we have seen before. But at the same time, it was nothing like must see either. I mean, the the they were the, they had a John Cena brawl between uh, Brock Lesnar. That was good. Don't get me wrong. That was good. I mean, that was good to see. It was it was well done. It did exactly what it needed to do. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was a bit of a miserable show. So let's just get into point one: Henry and Rusev in the main event segment of Raw. You read it right. You heard me right. Uh, Henry and Rusev in the main event segment of Monday Night Raw. Now, I as the as they were building to this segment at the end of the show, I was look I was actually looking forward to it a, a little bit. I liked the, uh, the the angle that they talk about the fact that it, he, uh, that uh, Henry was a former Olympian and that he faced uh, Russian Russians in the in the Olympics and he lost both times and how it's really a story of redemption as well as patriotism. I, I think that's good writing. I like that. I like how they got a. Uh, uh, a former, uh, a current Olympic uh, stars to actually make comments and cut promos and uh, the whole idea of rallying America it was good. It just felt odd to have it as a main event segment. Uh, I understand why they did it. I, as I discussed in the roundtable uh, 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 an hour ago, you know I understand because they got the NFL playoffs or the NFL the season has started. And, they wanted to put the main event segment uh, in the middle of the show to get the viewers come back. That's all well and good, but you need something really strong to finish the show on. And to be honest, I don't think Henry and Rusev was that strong finish that uh, WWE needed. Uh, it was good. It was good to mix things up. I think it's. Uh, I think for the younger talent, they should definitely be doing that. Uh, really, if uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins uh, should have probably ended the show. Um. Well, I, actually, probably. I, that's arguable, but um, by the way, that's right. Uh, for those who don't know, Seth Rollins, and uh, and uh, I, I'll just move into my next point straight away. We had a great Seth Rollins versus uh, uh, Roman Reigns match. Now, yes, you heard me right. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw, and it wasn't just a two-minute match that ended in a DQ and a beatdown or whatnot. It was a full-fledged thirty-minute TV match. Now that this is perplexing because I'm pretty sure that Roman Reigns versus uh, Seth Rollins was actually scheduled for the pay-per-view, yet we got a 13-minute match on Raw that Roman Reigns won clean with a spear, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. Why do we need to see this match again? Tweet me on Twitter or give me a call. Why do we need to see this match again? Why did WWE put this match? At, at, like, not even a, like. Okay, considering the structure of the show, I could understand why 
you may want to put you may want to put a, a, you know Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns at the end of the show, but they didn't even do that. It was a semi-main event uh, segment. But it's just mind-boggling. Okay, if you have a dirty finish or or, or something that or a smoz at the end of the match, and they, you want a decisive winner at the pay-per-view, and you promise that. Okay, that's I understand that booking, but not doing that and just having a clean win. Baffling, absolutely baffling. I've seen Roman Reigns beat uh, uh, Seth Rollins now. Why do I need to see it again? What's there to prove? Roman Reigns did exactly what he said he was going to do on Raw, and he was going to deliver punishment and believe that and all that stuff. It's just mind-boggling booking. I I have no idea what they were doing. Um, And point three, point three is that there was obviously simple storytelling this week, nothing out out of the blue, but we got some really good wrestling matches. Now, my last show that I did, there was really, it was very hard to pick any good wrestling on the show. And that's across the board. TNA and WWE and NXT. This week, it's we've got so much good wrestling this week, guys and girls, that you, that you really should take note of the matches. Like, Jericho versus Kane. You hear this on paper and you're like, eh. It was actually a very well-worked match. Oliver Norgrove, I'm sure he agrees with me, being the massive Kane mark that he is. Um, Dallas versus Swagger. I know it didn't have very much heat uh, from the live crowd, that being at the Cajun Dome, which uh, which I will say right now that I actually have been to live uh, when I was doing my tour following WWE for three months. I actually went to Lafayette. It's a massive dome in the middle of nowhere. It's literally in the middle of nowhere with a hotel to its right and a, and a, and a, and a convenience store down the road. It's the weirdest place to host a Monday Night Raw. Um, but yeah, the crowd there back in 2013 following the Elimination Chamber was flat as. And that was with The Rock and CM Punk and uh, and John Cena on the show. And Jericho and all and The Shield. Like, they were so flat. So, yeah, the crowd was absolutely freaking weird on this show. But uh, Kane versus Jericho was fantastic. Dallas versus Swagger was a solid, good match. I mean, it was a TV feud. Uh, I'll be getting into Dallas versus Swagger later on in regards to WWE booking when we get to SmackDown. But uh, And the Usos and Sheamus versus the Dustin and Cesaro. Great, awesome six-man tag match. Really great. Go out of your way to see that, guys. That was really, really good. And it's really refreshing. Like It, it kind of made the show much more watchable because if you had this short four-minute matches that that led to nothing uh, and you, combined with the simple storytelling, it would have been a god-awful boring war. But you know, thank God we've got some good wrestling on Monday Night Raw this week. Okay, so let's just move straight into main event. We do the main event quickie. It's quick, it's short, because uh, um, there's not much going on in the show, to be honest. But uh, very quickly, send me a tweet if you guys want me to keep a uh, main event on the show, or you don't want me to keep, or, or you do. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm, I'll, let me just run through these results, and I'll show you why I'm thinking about ditching this, this very quick review. The Mizzes versus the Dinglers again. Now, we already got this match on Raw. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, now Demi and Mizdow and The Miz, they mimic each other's moves. So, like, what Miz does, Damien does. Like, you know, mannerisms, talking, taking off glasses at the same time. It's actually kind of cute and funny. But now, to counteract that, Dolph Ziggler has his own stunt double that is R-Truth. And it's just... It's just so backwards. It's just wacky and 
and having the commentators try to have this fake conversation about who's the real Dolph Ziggler and who's the real uh, Miz. It's just ridiculous. So we got the we got the our truth is all truth and Ziggler versus the Miz. We got that on Raw. We get it again. We get it again on main events. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Ziggler won on Raw, and then The Miz won on the main event. Ridiculous. Stupid even-steeping booking. I'll get into even-steeping booking and have my rant on that when I come to SmackDown. Brie Bella versus uh, defeated Cameron. Uh, average match. Much-needed win for the for the, for the Bella, for Brie, because uh, she's just been losing and lo- looking like an absolute twat on te- television, so I guess a win's a win. And Seth Rollins defeated Big E. The, four, the two former NXT World Heavyweight Champions collided in this one, and of course, it was just an enhancement match for uh, Rollins. Always good seeing Rollins defeat a bigger, larger athlete, so... And Big E. Big E continues to flounder and fall and fall into obscurity. It's such a shame to see. It really is, because Big E has so, such a great upside. I, I just don't understand why WWE has lost space in them. But they did, and that is your main event quickie for the week. Okay, so let's move into the NXT Weekly Awards. This is where we award three prestigious, prestigious awards to to the best and the worst of uh, of NXT every single week. So let's just start the show off straight away. Like, it, like, like first of all, it was just a, a subtle, simple follow-up to TakeOver that was inoffensive, but not all that interesting. Uh, but, but it's fine. Like they did the they did the little vignettes. Uh, you know what they used to do back in the ni- uh, nineteen ninety eight, where they had the pay per view and you have sh- just shorts and, uh, and screenshots of the of the action, uh, enticing you to get the replay. And and they followed through on all the matches, talked about it all. Um, I have to say that Renee Ren- Renee Young is growing on me. Uh, Alex Riley is not, but I think Renee's just she's getting com- more and more comfortable. Uh, I like her with Todd Phillips. Uh, on NXT uh, this week, it wasn't Todd, Todd Phillips, it was someone else. But yeah, good, good, good work all around. Uh, but let's just get into the awards, shall we? Uh, so the up and comer of the week goes to Baron Corbin. Now, for those who don't know, Baron Corbin, well, he technically already debuted on NXT a few months ago, but then they didn't repackage him. He was the same person, same look, same gimmick, uh, and so they, they and then made him debut again on NXT Takeover. It was a bit weird, but I have to say I I'm, I'm intrigued with Baron Corbin. Does he have what it takes to go to to the next level? It's too early to tell. But I like the the, the quiet yet deadly character. He goes into a match, he dominates, he leaves. It's a complete Goldberg ripoff, but he's a biker. He's he's tall. He's like, I'd say he's as tall as the Undertaker. Um, yeah, add Big Cass to the mix. You've got some good, tall wrestlers coming in. Uh, Big Cass can go. We're not sure about Baron Corbin, but I think he's got a really good ups- upsize. Uh, you know, I think he's got a really good um, side to him that could be definitely marketable uh, down the road. And, he, and he's mysterious. You know, why is he quiet? He walks in and walks out. Doesn't say a word. He's a he's a bikey, but why? You know, like I like it. It's good for NXT. I'll just say I'll repeat that. It's good for NXT. Will it be good for Raw, SmackDown? Who knows? But good stuff for Baron Corbin, and thank you very much for favoriting my <laughs> my tweet that I said about you. Thanks very much, Baron Corbin. Uh, 
the downside of the week for NXT. It actually does. So this is the worst of NXT. Or the downside. Who was the downside? It actually wasn't one person. It was actually two people, and they weren't even on the NXT roster. Yes, Emma and Titus O'Neil of WWE main roster of this week's downside of the week. Like Emma had a match against Charlotte, and she just looked horrible. Like Charlotte has. We all know what Charlotte can do and her presence in the ring and how she just conducts herself and moves around. Oh, man, Emma was just all over the place. She was sloppy. Her gimmick was like... Her dancing gimmick was half... Maybe half as much over as it used to be. Oh, my God, it was just painful. And Like, the commentators felt very disconnected with her character. They were fumbling over their words. When it came to her, they didn't really have very much to say about Emma. My God, it, just looks, it looks like, you know, I, I don't know if this is a move to, to put Emma back into uh, NXT. Maybe maybe they should. They certainly should for Titus O'Neil. Oh, my God. Titus O'Neil, he did this massive promo at the start. And just just didn't know how to react to fans. Oh, my God. Then they put him in a, in a main event match with him and Tyson Kidd versus Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn. Obviously, the story going in now is that uh, Sami Zayn is and Adrian Neville having problems, and Adrian Neville is turning heel. So obviously, the heel team won. But God, I tell you what, Titus O'Neil, he 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 just he's sloppy in the ring. He can't move. He's he's a he's an imposing force. Don't get me wrong, but so is Baron Corbin. So is uh, Luke Harper. So is Eric Rowan. You know, like it's he's a big he's a, he's a, he's an Wealthy company in regards to that, and he needs to step it up. I was very disappointed with the, the WWE main roster. You know, this is a far cry from Cesaro coming down to versus uh, Sami Zayn. Let me just say that. And of course, the MVP of the week. It really goes to the NXT crowd. The NXT crowd gets my MVP of the week. I tell you what, they, they, this rabid fan base is so reminiscent of the ECW crowd, minus the minus the profanity and the swearing. They're they're respectable. They 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 do great chants. They create such a great atmosphere in Full Sail University. I absolutely love it. They're, they're easily the most consistently exciting audience in the, in the WWE universe. I guess we'll use that that phrase this time around. They're just awesome. And it makes me want to be there. It makes me actually want to go to Full Sail University. Maybe maybe make a detour from Santa Clara and go to Florida and go go to an NXT show or something. Uh, that it's that good. Yeah and. You know, add uh, add uh, Kenta to the mix very quickly. Obviously, uh, I didn't put Kenta in any of these awards. Bit disappointed. I'm not going to say he was a complete failure for a debut against uh, Justin Gabriel. I expected much more, and I it, it was kind of just a, a good match. It wasn't anything uh, outstandingly amazing, and uh, yeah, Kenta uh, Hideo Hideo Atami. It's going to take me a little while to get used to it, but I'll get used to it. Yeah, expected a lot more from uh, from uh, Hideo Atami this week. But yeah, that is your NXT Weekly Awards for the week. Okay, so SmackDown. Uh, let's just move into the good and the bad of SmackDown. What was good, what was bad. Let's just quickly run through it. You know, I, I sh- this was a show where even Stephen Booking and lazy creative overshadowed a, a pretty good closing angle for the show, I have to say. Um, let's just go straight into the angle. I, I, I really, really liked uh, seeing Reigns, Rollins, Rusev, and Henry finish off the show. 
Um, I there's something about Rusev and uh, and Roman Reigns getting together and just just having a really good mean guy match. I really really liked it. I really liked this match. Uh, and then of course Rollins came in. It was the dastardly heel trying to cost him the match and they brawl to the side. Crowd was going nuts. Henry came down, put the you know, made a. The USA flag dropped down and said uh, Rusev's flag, flag dropped down and they, they played the music. It was good. It was exciting. It was fun. It was a fun ending to the show. Um, SmackDown has been on a little bit of a roll when it comes down to finishing shows and finishing them quite excitingly. And uh, yeah, this was, a, this was one of these shows. Again, it's, it's not the most amazing thing, but uh, you know, it was, it was just a fun way to finish the show. Uh, and I'll, I'll say right now, I'm really into... <laughs> This is, my, this is my next point of what, the, of what the good of SmackDown was. I like Slater and Gator versus, the, versus Adam Rose and the Bunny. I really, I, I, you know, like, on paper, I'm putting it out there, I like it. I, on paper, you just think, why would an 18-year fan like myself like something like this? I don't know, it's, it's just wacky, it's funny, like... <laughs> This ridiculous guy in a bunny suit. He's just pulling out all these amazing moves and doing like you know super kicks and, and outside plunges and splashes. It's just ridiculous. And he bounces away. It's just ridiculous fun. And like and Slater's just been fantastic selling these these goofy spots, these bumps, putting putting over a guy in a bunny suit. Like like Slater, talk about a guy that knows his role in the company. I love it. I I, I think he's great. And uh, and Titus O'Neil has been this most frustrated big man. He's just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever had to be involved in in my life. This is pro wrestling comedy. Everyone can wrestle, maybe except Titus O'Neil. And that gets fun and it's lighthearted. It's inoffensive. Everyone knows their role. It's not like a Dolph Ziggler's in this role, you know, having to take bumps for a bunny. It's, it's Heath Slater. He's entertaining. Thumbs up for Slater and Gator versus the bunny. <laughs> Now to the bad of SmackDown. This is, this is, I just want to rant a little bit here. I want to rant a little bit here. Now there's two points that came out of SmackDown that really encapsulated the week as a whole when it came to building towards the Night of Champions. I'm sick and tired of seeing Night of Champions competitors and participants in matches facing off against each other. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean by, like, Usos and the Dusts have wrestled each other multiple times over the last three weeks. And we get it again in a singles match on SmackDown. Okay. Right. That, that's one part. And then it's The Miz versus Ziggler. Now that's even more, I find that even more uh, frustrating because I feel like I've watched Miz versus Ziggler every single week, one-on-one, for the, for the last, for, since SummerSlam. But now, now you're expecting us to pay to see them wrestle again? Like, win or loss, regardless, like, it's, the, the surprise and the, uh, and the enjoyment out of the matches is, is almost cut in half because we've seen all these spots and these moves and these near falls be done multiple times. It's good stuff. Like, in regards to Miz and Ziggler, I think that has, that has the potential to be a really good match. I think Miz and Ziggler uh, have good chemistry together in the ring. But I've seen these guys wrestle over and over and over again. Like, what's, like, like look, at, look at Cena versus Lesnar. For SummerSlam, they kept the uh, even for Night of Champions, they kept these guys apart pretty much the whole time. Obviously, wasn't on, te- on television, but you know, for big matches, they do that sometimes. Sometimes, and th- that way, you want to pay to see the match. It, it, 
Same goes for the mid card. I'm sorry, the same goes for the mid card. Mix up, have Miz wrestle someone else. You have have Ziggler interfere, but don't have him wrestle in a, in a match every single week against his opponent. Like I don't mind it here and there, like maybe one match during the during the lead up or if it plays into the storyline. But come on, yeah. And then my next point, which is which is the most annoying thing: Jack Swagger versus versus. Bo Dallas. Again. Like, we saw this match on Raw. It was a good match on SmackDown. It was a good match on Raw. But no, but Dallas Dallas won on SmackDown, but Swagger won on Raw. Again, clean as a sheet for both situations. Like, why is it that myself, Aaron Ramadoff, Oliver Norgrove, Razman, we get it. We get how to book these shows sometimes more than the WWE does. And this is a, this is a big time uh, smart rant here I'm going to go into right now. But come on. Like, who the hell gets over when you're just swapping wins between each other? And sure, you may say, oh, okay, it's, it's just Swagger. It's just Bo Dallas. Who cares? It's like, that's not the point. Swagger and Dallas could be something big later on. And like, you know, you just you're just reinforcing the fans that no one in this program matters. Because both lost against each other. And like it's not it's not interesting enough to see a rubber match. You know, you save those rubber match situations for big match you know, encounters. This is not one of them. No one so at the end of the day, both guys look like geeks that that you're silly to invest your time in. And in saying that Swagger, I've been enjoying his babyface run. He's finding his rhythm a bit more, much more than he used to. Like Swagger could be one of those baby, those really solid mid card babyfaces. Why does he have to lose to Dallas? It's just, uh, it just drives me nuts. It's lazy booking as well. Why are we getting this match again? Was it that good that we have to have it on SmackDown? Like, come on! I just, yeah, it really, really pissed me off. I mean. WWE has been relatively good as of late, but weeks like this, where you see the booking is just, it's just lazy. I, I've said it on my last show, WWE is just spinning their wheels. And it's, um, shows like this, where they have matches like this, it's completely evident. So that was SmackDown this week. I mean, there was some good, but there was some really over, overbearing bads uh, that, uh, you know, there's, there's a few things to see on the show, if you really want to, but that was the good and the bad of SmackDown. Okay, so let's get into TNA. Was TNA good or was TNA awful? Get it? TNA awful this week? Get it? <laughs> I'm always going to laugh at that joke. No one can ever ever tell me not <laughs> ever tell me not to. Okay, so this show was great, and we'll get two thumbs up for me purely, purely because. Uh, purely because of this three-way ladder match between the Wolves, the Hardys, and the Dudleys. It's like TLC from, uh, from SummerSlam 2000 was recreated with uh, the, the Wolves playing the Edge and Christian role. This match was insane. <laughs> like, it was insane. When it first started, they're going through the motions, the first few ladder spots. I'm like, oh, this feels like any other ladder match I've seen. But Oh my god. Like, the Wolves are, are light enough that they can just fly around the ring and deliver these just, just high-impact shots on, 
Hardys and the Dudleys, and the Dudleys just know the, the way around the ring. So well, I, I tell you what, so many elements of this, this, these, this match built to a great climax. Now, some of it involved legitimately nasty slips and bumps. Others were just really good, well-executed spots. And I tell you what, this is a, an achievement to do so in 2014. After many years of seeing ladder matches where we've, where we've seen everything, you know, we've seen it all. These guys, these, these six guys, took it another step further, just did a really, really great, nice, I wouldn't say, an unsafe ladder match at times. I mean, like, I'm a sucker for unsafe, unsafety sometimes. I mean, I like it. Uh, sometimes they're here or there, but like, I, I, yeah, I, I was I was marking out big time for this one. I have to say, go watch this match purely if you if you don't if you're not a TNA fan, it doesn't matter. You know the Wolves, you know the Hardys, you know the Dudleys. If you don't know the Wolves, by the the American Wolves, by the way, get into them and go watch their ROH stuff. Then you'll get into them. <laughs> uh, yeah, go see, go watch this match. And very quickly, on a side note. Jeff Hardy is legitimately insane. He is absolutely freaking insane. The bumps that he takes in this match are just like, oh, how old are you, man? You've got a daughter and a wife at home. <laughs> like, you're going to be in a wheelchair by age 60 at this rate. He's insane. But, yeah, amazing match. Go watch it. Uh, also, Lashley. The World Heavyweight Champion Lashley. Like, TNA gets ridiculed and... and uh, and brown nosed for you know, you know for not being able to book properly. I look at I look at Lashley and I'm like, God damn, they're booking Lashley well. He is he is uh, TNA's answer to Brock Le- to WWE's Brock Lesnar, and there is nothing wrong with that at all. He's a powerhouse. He's got his spots. They've got the great promo packages before his matches, showing him trained with the championship belt on, and just looking like an animal. They've had him run rushard through the whole competition. He's beaten everyone. But I love how every match he gets into now, it gets a little bit harder, a little bit more tough. Question is now, after beating Bobby Roode this week, in a really solid match, by the way, uh, who's next? Who's next to who's next to the challenge of Lashley? Really good stuff. Strong world champion, can't comp- who who can who can complain about that, you know? Like, and I love the fact that he's a, he's he's, a, he's being cross promoted now. Cause I think he won his he's an MMA championship or something like that. I think like last week. So he, he's got definitely got that Brock Lesnar aura about him. Really good stuff. Uh, and just finally, I am enthralled by James Storm's character in TNA right now. Uh, I don't know where the storyline is going in regards to him stealing or kidnapping, pretty much kidnapping uh, cruiserweight talent and then having them uh, uh, destroy other members of the of the, uh, of the the division. But I tell you what, he's just fantastic. He's very eerie. He's growing his hair out. He just looks like this cult leader. Very much like, I guess, like, not really like Bray Wyatt, kind of like Bray Wyatt, I guess. But yeah, I, I like this new evolution of this character. I think that's what's something like what John Cena should go through. Not this dark, but you know, like maybe find a, a middle level of, of where he should be. Um, but yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Go check him out. Go check out his promos. He's just got something about him. And you're wondering where it's going to go next as well. So pretty much, guys, 
I, I made this segment just to bag out TNA. This is going to be my rant section. But for the last few shows, it's been TNA good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a good show. Take it for what it is. Two hours of really good, solid pro wrestling. Um, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't think the company's in trouble when you watch shows like this, especially when it involves an amazing three-way ladder match for the week. Okay, very quickly, what's the matches of the week? What were the top three matches of the week? There was a lot to choose from, as you can imagine. Uh, number three match on the show goes for the week goes to the Usos and Sheamus versus Cesaro and Goldust and Stardust. Just a, a fun, high-energy six-man tag team match that uh, really showcased a lot of good uh, good things that could come out of Night of Champions from each individual uh, matchup. And, uh, yeah, everyone looked good. It was one of those matches where everyone left better than they came in. Really good stuff. Um, and then, uh, Rude, uh, sorry, Bobby Roode versus uh, Lashley for the World Heavyweight Championship match. It was treated with respect. They did the good video packages. Uh, they got the big match entrance. And Bobby Roode, I tell you what, goddamn Bobby Roode, he is a strong mother. I tell you what. He's a great technician in that ring, and yeah, I don't think he really carried um, Lashley to a good match, but he did structure a great match for which Lashley looked great in and, uh, and showed off his athleticism and all that stuff. So yes, and that's from TNA Impact this week from the No Surrender, a uh, little mini TV pay-per-view that they had. And of course, match of the week, number one, goes to the tag team title three-way ladder match between the Wolves, Hardys, Dudleys, oh my God. Go check it out. Should be somewhere all over the over the internet by now. Amazing, amazing, amazing match. Okay, so uh, we're going to just go straight into the into the vault this week. Uh, the po- the podcast situation. Unfortunately, my recorder was broken this week, but there are tons. Before actually, before we go into the vault match, there are tons of really good podcasts up there on um, on uh, podcast one. Very quickly, by the way, PWP. The, the PWP Network is on iTunes, by the way, everybody. So if you've got the iTunes app on your phone, type in Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio. You'll find our link. Subscribe to us. So you can get my, myself, uh, Thursday Night Destruction, uh, the Under the Mats, uh, new series that we've got going on, uh, the Raw re, re, uh, Reaction, and, of course, Heartbeat Radio. All those radio shows are all under the, the one PWP radio banner. Go download them. Go subscribe via the, the podcast link and you'll get us every single time we have a new show it will come up as a notification. Fantastic. Go check us out. Um, but in regards to the podcasts of the week, there's some really good stuff. Uh, Jericho's got a two-parter right now now involved with the Hardy Boys. I heard, I listened to the first part. Really good little insight to, their, to the start of their career and all the hardships that, that they faced. Uh, meanwhile, on the Ross Report, uh, Ross interviews the legendary cowboy Bill Watts former WCW booker from the 1990s, a very controversial booker due to his uh, uh, his allocation of uh, Ron Simmons being the first ever Afri- African-American world heavyweight champion back in the day, as well as his wacky uh, uh, adjustments to pro wrestling rules, like no top rope moves are allowed to be used, and how that was received in the, 19- in the 1990s. And of course, rounding out the, the podcasts, we have... Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewing Kevin Nash in part one of a two-part series. So, yeah, definitely go check those out. There's a lot of good content on those podcasts. Really good just 
put on while you're going to work after you listen to Wrestling's Week that was, of course. Um, yeah, it, really good stuff. Okay, so uh, of course, so let's just go into uh, let's go deep into the vault this week and uh, pick out a match that uh, uh, I wasn't actually going to choose initially. I know I promised a lot of other people that I was going to be doing uh, TV shows uh, and look at the TV matches that have been forgotten in years gone by, but I was on the WWE Network the other week and I was shuffling through and I was looking for something to watch on the way home from work and and I stumbled upon Judgment Day. Oh no, sorry. From SummerSlam 2000. And this was this was my favorite pay-per-view growing up. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the match listings, but there was just awesome Attitude Era, perfect pay-per-view, pretty much. My, minus Stone Cold Steve Austin being there because he was injured at the time. Uh, and then I remembered Shane McMahon versus Steve Blackman for the Hardcore Championship. Now, I'm, I, please. Uh, does anyone remember this match? Tweet, tweet me and, uh, and uh, tell me if you do <laughs> at Wrestling Heartbreak. Uh, this match is the Attitude Era-ness in, in all its greatness. Like, like well, I'm talking chair shots to the head. I'm talking, I'm talking choking. I'm talking a thousand guys interfering. Of course, the story of the match was that Steve Blackman got screwed out of the uh, Hardcore Championship due to... Uh, uh, Shane McMahon uh, seeking uh, Agent Christian, uh, Bobby Cannon, the boss man, and TNA, Testin Albert, onto Blackman, costing him the the uh, Hardcore Championship. And uh, Commissioner McFoley ordered uh, Shane McMahon to defend the championship with that crazy 24-7 rule put, uh, suspended for one night only at SummerSlam so that Shane McMahon was going to get his comeuppance. I tell you what, this match <clears throat> was pretty much the most over Steve Blackman would ever be in his WWF career. Um, <laughs> everything this man did to Shane McMahon was just brutal. It was hard-hitting. Uh, this is on the cusp of, of Steve Blackman going into the hardcore division and adding a bit of karate and, and, and uh, martial art uh, attacks to, to his hardcore matches with sticks and nunchucks and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I do remember that in 2000. 2001 being quite quite entertaining, so he was definitely onto something there. But in this match, he beat the absolute shit out of Shane McMahon. Even though Steve Blackman was the most over he's ever been in this match, it was Shane McMahon that stole the show. He gets forgotten a lot. He was like he was an incredible athlete for being a part-time wrestler. And uh, it looked like at this point in time, WWE was in a bit of a kick of using Shane McMahon on a lot of shows. Uh, the, the show before SummerSlam, he was actually uh, wrestling in the main event for the championship uh, in the UK. Before that, he was a special referee at Backlash of the same year, taking that ridiculous bump. If you remember it, the Rock bottom, uh, the Rock delivered a rock bottom onto Triple H and Shane McMahon through an announce table. Just ridiculous bumps that, that uh, Shane McMahon was taking at this time of, time of the year. And I tell you what, he took a crazy beating. Uh, and the match, the, this match is, is mostly remembered for, of course, <laughs> the ridiculous spot where Shane fell from 75 feet from the top of the SummerSlam stage. I mean, it was ridiculously illogical that in running away from Steve Blackman, Shane McMahon would climb to the top of the SummerSlam stage 
and then proceeded to get beaten to death to the point where he fell off the top, fell off the stage and fell through this uh, security barrier, breaking it into pieces from 75 feet. For anything, like, just watch the match for that. It's just ridiculous. I don't care if he fell into a crash pad or not. Holy, holy hell. <laughs> like, just a ridiculous amount of punishment that uh, that Shane McMahon went through in this match. And of course, Blackman finishes the match off with a, with a top rope elbow from the top of the stage. Obviously not from 75 feet. I think Blackman just counted his blessings and went down to maybe a 10 feet level and jumped off there. And a 1, 2, 3... Steve Blackman is your new hardcore champion. Obviously, me talking and, re- and relaying what happened in the match is nothing like seeing it. Uh, crowd goes ballistic. Yeah. Just a fun, good little snapshot of what the Attitude Era used to be about. It's not the most logical match. Uh, there's a little bit of interference. It's not the most perfect, but it does showcase Shane McMahon's uh, ability to produce just incredible, incredible matches. Uh, but yes, but next week, uh, so my next show, I will definitely go back into television uh, TV matches for our vault matches. So definitely look forward to that. Well, that's all we have time for tonight. As always, thank you so much for listening, wherever you may be out there in Wrestling Radio Land. Remember to catch, catch my uh, my posts uh, up on uh, ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com. I've been very, very, very busy this week, guys and girls. Unfortunately, I don't know if I'll be able to get a post up this week. But do uh, do look out for them next week, as I'll hopefully get up, get up at least two or three articles uh, documenting the fallout of uh, Night of Champions, maybe. But obviously, other subjects will be covered by me. Uh, just just to tell you how busy I was, I've done about fifty five hours of work, and I was only able to catch up on all WWE programming last night in one big chunk. I don't recommend anyone do that. <laughs> I give it six hours of programming in one sitting. I was a bit tired. <laughs> but if you want to reach me or give me any feedback on the show, follow me at Wrestling R Break on Twitter. Well, that's capital W, capital R, capital B, Wrestling R Break. And tell me what you think about the show. Uh, any any feedback's good feedback in regards to me. If you hate the show, tell me. If you like the show, tell me. Tell me what we can, I can do to make it better because I'm here to give you all the information at the end of the week. So once again, thank you so much for listening and I'll, ca- and I'll catch you on the next Rex Wrestling's Week That Was.